It says we're live. I believe, therefore, we probably will be. Are we alive, Richard? Are you alive? Are you alive, dude? <laughs> I haven't I'm, heard I'm, from I'm you a, in a while, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm alive. I've just been uh, sneaking, sneaking around Europe. Yeah, I, I didn't want to accidentally show up on your SMS while you're getting interrogated by the Gestapo, man. Yeah, so be like, who is this Pierre XO? <laughs> who is this beautiful lady? It's like, oh, you know him? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. You don't even need a passport. Yeah, they'll all start gabbling away in a foreign language, like Pierre XO, Pierre XO. Oh, we are so sorry. We are big, big fans of the Pierre XO. Yes, yes. So... Are you are you allowed to disclose what's been going on? Like where you are yeah. now, or like yeah, what's... yeah, yeah. It's all it's all above board. So um, I'm in Ibiza now. Spain's policy, they didn't go with a national policy. They went with a county policy. So all the different counties are setting their own um, lockdown mm. uh, strictures based on the case rate that they've got. The Balearic Islands um, are not not too bad. And okay, everything's fairly lax here anyway. Most of the time, um, you do have to wear a face mask even when you're driving a car, so they don't give you car COVID. So you're uh, in Spain, right? I'm in Spain. I'm in a, okay. a, an, an island off Spain called uh, Well Ibiza. That's where I, when we first started talking, that's where I right. was. Yeah. D- um, did you did you stop by other places along the way? Yeah, stopped in um, Malaga. Uh, Slovakia and uh, uh, where else was I? Where else did I go? There was somewhere where I had to change over. I can't, I can't remember where I changed, but yeah, we ch- I changed over somewhere. But yeah, that's where I've that's where I've been. Did you, not, did you get so much pressure? Really? Okay, so you're technically able to travel still as long as you have a test in some places? Like, I mean, what? I mean, I didn't push it when the lockdown first started because. I was physically immobile, as you know, with the knee operation. But the standard thing usually with these things is they'll say, don't travel. So the the advice on the UK website is don't travel. But if you actually just show up and just, you know, you don't say anything, you just have your bags packed and your passport ready and your ticket paid for, there isn't much challenging here. Well, there is zero challenging. I haven't been challenged in any country Hmm. unless they say, look, you need a QR code for the track and trace, which they do when you arrive in Spain. Um, or for Slovakia, you needed a, a, a recent PCR test. But as long as you adhere to that, there, there isn't, nobody's, nobody's asked me what I'm doing or why I consider what I'm doing to be essential travel. Wait, hold on. You just said QR code track and trace. Did you opt in for this? No, you have no choice. So Holy shit, what? Yeah, no, if I, uh, this has been there for, for a while now, at least uh, four months. So if I wanted to go from Czech Republic back to the UK, I'd have to fill out a very tedious form online through the British government website, and they'd issue me with a QR code. I then supposedly was supposed to present that at passport control entering the UK. But both the times that I, that I did that, they didn't ask to see my QR code. Well, I guess that's good news. Looks like the people don't really want to enforce that. It's, it, well, I, I even said beforehand, I don't really know how this is enforceable. A lot of a lot of the gap between what we're being told and what actually happens is is the discretionary gap between what government says it will do and what it physically is capable of doing. And it's not, they just don't have that kind of manpower. So it's, I'm not saying it's a purely symbolic gesture, 
But when it gets down to the gritty day-to-day -day application of bureaucracy, I actually offered my QR code to a passport control officer and he laughed. Why do you think, where do you think that laughter came from? Uh, a lot of people who are like frontline aren't, are just not really taking it seriously. Like I know yeah, nurses. Yeah, right. I know nurses back home in, in the world, um, some of whom I grew up with, some are in the family, and I'm constantly asking them and have been since the outset of this, are you rushed off your feet at work? Are you following procedures and wearing masks? And um, a lot of them, they just laugh. They just, they just go, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So there's, huh. there's what the general population is doing, and then there's what what is there in application. I also offered to self-quarantine when I re-entered the UK the second time. And the uh, the guy didn't laugh, but um, I said, I suppose I have to quarantine now for 14 days. And he said something like, not snarky, but something like, well, I suppose you do. But he wasn't going, listen, sunshine, fucking go and quarantine for 14 days. He went, yeah, that's right, kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I guess that's pretty good to hear, actually, considering like the general public that you've run into aren't like... <laughs> overly gestapo about the whole situation i mean police are general public too so are nurses so are passport control people i mean it's it, it's a fa like it's fascinating on multiple levels what's happening um obviously there will be you know nazi type people power mad who who are very keen to have a fight and very keen to enforce the the guidelines to the letter but i don't know a lot of the people i've spoken to have just been like not really that bothered i've been caught here five times driving by pol uh, policia local and the G the uh, gnr the guardia civil um not wearing a face mask in the car and they look at me and they're not wearing a face mask either and i'm like oh <laughs> so, yeah yeah that's, if you were uh, a cop if you signed up to be a cop would you chase people for not wearing face masks yeah. in a car i don't yeah. think i could bring myself to do it well well richard that's called white privilege <laughs> no, yeah i mean I'll, I'll let at this point in time i'll let you make those jokes and yeah, right. it's so tempting but yeah it's like you know, it has nothing to do with it like for real i don't even mean that sarcastically but it seems like i just get the luck of like that one overly authoritative cop and that was the one that was like fuck well i mean I suppose maybe let's just say it that was ethnically based and it's also uh, clothing based you know you're easily identifiable you and Mickey easily identifiable as foreigners and dress in a way that you know would be considered rebellious and just yeah. both of those things would aggravate a certain type of, of yeah, it, it was so it was so strange because I have purposely went out of my way to dress a little on to my standard a little less out there which was just the gray hoodie with the the hood on oops shit fuck a little too aggressive yeah okay i get it i get it now <laughs> but 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 yeah i just uh but that was that was the only occurrence that i've seen that that's happened like that but otherwise today walking through Prague for the first time in like weeks in the first sunny day in, in months it feels like um so many people were walking in groups no masks it was like almost a regular day and like prague is now like a small town considering the amount of people out it, it feels like a little village town now yes yeah any any news on when the lockdown is is ending in uh 
the good old Czech Republic. A good old extension just got instilled uh, until I think the 20th of this, or I don't know if it's official, but they were discussing it for sure. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, chances are it's going to be extended. And uh, according to the numbers, apparently it's working. Like numbers are dropping now. Mm. Meanwhile, yesterday there was a huge like parade slash demonstration because it was like Czech Independence Day or something as well. Okay. So there was like a lot of people like gathering and stuff. <laughs> like, what the fuck is the dude? Make up your minds, everyone around the world. What is what the fuck is going on, man? That's that's the day that we filmed uh, that thing about um, communism and uh, soft a soft form of communism. Last was it the was... same exactly a year ago on the same day? Yeah, exactly a year ago. Oh shit! Day. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that kite, that silver ball with the yeah. tentacles coming off it, that was for Czech Independence Day. Oh, what the fuck? Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because wow, I remember coming coming from Ibiza like two weeks ago, a year a year ago, and then doing that work with you. Yeah, yeah, and now you're back in Ibiza. Yeah, that's so trippy, man. What the and hell? A year later, soft communism in full effect. Yeah, that <laughs> protest did a lot, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, that sure did a lot. Dude. It was. I remember like walking with you as we we're filming. So, what do you? Because you you weren't saying much. You were just. I was just filming you do your thing, and I was like, "So, what do you think of this whole thing?" And then you're just kind of like, "Well, you know, you you quoted Zizek a little bit," and then you're like, "Oh, we'll see what happens." And literally a year later, it's it's the closest thing it's been to communism in decades. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 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 bonkers. I mean, and you know, a lot of the people that I'm listening to at the moment are making the point again and again. It's like we just forget our history. We, it's like we have historical amnesia. We, we, you know, and we just don't. We don't, or we don't want to know our history. Perhaps, perhaps that's uh, closer yeah. to the mark. Oh, this is a good topic to dive into. Actually, uh, I was thinking about this too because I've literally, I have a whole black mirror set up. Like, not even exaggerating. I bought a treadmill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> mini treadmill, okay. and I'm putting it in front of my whole setup. So <laughs> I have a video screen on the top level for playing video games and a podcast live streaming computer at the bottom. So I'm walking while I'm able to play video games at the same time and stream. <laughs> Pierre goes into the pod first. Who would have yeah. seen that one coming? I volunteered to become a part of the new Matrix, man. So <laughs> now, If they want to stick electrodes to you and harvest your energy and pay, you'd be quite happy with that, right? Honestly, I'm having too much fun doing it because now I'm like, hey, every Super Chat, I'm increasing the kilometers so now i'm like full-on sprinting by the end of the first 30 minutes it's it's, it's actually hilarious <laughs> it's hilarious in an actually funny and really dark way but yeah. i don't know <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can make a joke of these things as we move into our internment camps <laughs> i mean wow. that's is all we got yeah. so um where were we? What, what? Oh, oh. So, so as I'm playing these video games, of course they're like cyberpunk dystopian themed video mm-hmm. games, and I've played a few, and uh, these are all based in the future. And mm-hmm. I also hopped into another game, it was Assassin's Creed, based in ancient Egypt. And these games do show a pretty, I guess, glamorized depiction of history, but like mm-hmm. the basic foundations are there. There's like. It was like late Egypt, so you have Greece and Rome around the same area. They're like colonizing, and you get I to see that. all this stuff, I dude. You would love that. You should. You should try it. 
for me, it was hard to like understand and follow the narrative with the language because it's all like all these different common names and you know Alexandria and all these things. Like, yeah, and it's really really interesting. But I was thinking like we as a collective in the culture now we don't have anything to consistently remind us to show us that we are a pin in the past in the future like in between the two right you know it, it's always instant with with right. the social media and like now 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 because yeah. as i was playing the game i was like yo this is giving me context like yeah. visual physical almost context to like how things ended up the way they were, you right. know, the fall of Rome, and then the future with the cyberpunk games, you know, and it kind of was al allowing me to place ourselves in a timeline where now the timeline is like, is like gone. Like we don't have that reference anymore. Yes, it's that's so true. Did you say this was the Assassin's Creed game? This is called Assassin's Creed Origins. It came out a few years ago. So what's interesting to me about this is that within the game, you're in a virtual reality. Um, or, or the variation of a virtual yeah, reality, yeah. right? And yeah. I kind of feel like for all the bashing of tech that I do and the, 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 the sort of the fear of virtual reality and all the rest of it, um, I actually think when it comes to education in general, in general um, the development of skill sets and particularly history, this will be a game changer, a total game changer. I hated history, hated no interest in what, Stupid old people in dom hats used to do in cold, windy buildings. <laughs> Fuck those guys. One day, I had an English literature teacher. Um, it was the end of, I don't know, it was coming up to Christmas. He gave us a break. And uh, so we were listening to an audio of Bob Hoskins uh, talking through the Battle of Agincourt from the perspective of just a, a yeoman, of the lowest level of English soldier you had. And it was, um, it was so fucking compelling and so gripping that that was the identifiable moment where I said, oh, I actually care about history. I actually want to know. Because if you can, I don't know, the way they present history sometimes, I'm like, are you deliberately trying to make this dry as fucking boring? Right. Because <laughs> right. it, be, it should be fascinating. It's, it's, it's Game of Thrones. It's always been Game of Thrones. Mm. Pick a point in history. It's, it's sex. It's drama. It's assassinations. It's, <laughs> right, you know, right. Steve kidnapping yeah, people yeah. and torture. And that's, and it's, um, if we can bring that back, it sort of puts us back in a, in a historical context, which is why I've always been a little bit, for, or for the last 15 years, been frustrated with Hollywood, where they're, they're really clearly running out of films. Superman finishes and they want to set up the new Superman franchise 18 months later. It's like, my God, the corpse of the last one isn't even cold. Batman the same, you know, the Avengers the same. And I think, why don't you do history? We've got so many awesome stories in human right. history. Yeah. Unbelievable, mind-bending, crazy, soul-searching tales. Why don't we go there and explore it? And at that point, when I try and answer that question, I go into kind of the conspiracy theory paranoia mode where I'm like, mm. no, they want us to forget our place in history. They don't want us to ah, be yeah. I mean, yeah, if you want to go with that narrative, it would make perfect sense. Like, why wouldn't you make movies based historically more? Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if there was if there was an agenda, it would make sense because when I'm when I'm playing this game, obviously it has all the things that you're talking about: drama, murder, torture, assassinations, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it happened all the damn time. And I know it's just a video game, but 
again, like you were saying, history has always been fucking boring for me too. Like I have that joke with you all the time. Like anything that happened before 1900, I just pretend doesn't exist because it's like, what happened before yeah. that? Like yeah. silly hats doing yeah. dying of dysentery. That's it. <laughs> you know? no silly yeah. hats right. getting themselves to death. Yeah, and then exactly, and then you have like Red Dead Revolver, which is old Americana, right when they started like building up the country and stuff. And I now am opening myself up to history in this format because it contextualizes everything. Like I don't know why it's so fucking dry in school and stuff. You're just mentioning names and this and this and like, dude, this there's actually a lot that that you can build off on. Yeah. But it, when I am playing all of these things and seeing these things go down, I think about what's happening now in the world and day-to-day drama, stuff that you'd see on YouTube or whatever and the censorship and stuff. And it just frames all of that stuff in such a different light than when I was before playing these games. Yes, yes. It's, um, it's tempting to sort of think, you know, I am paranoid. I do think some of these things are incidental, but there's no doubt that social media and technology generally fucks with your sense of history. I mean, yeah. if I said to you, I saw a YouTube video two weeks ago, I literally don't know whether it was two weeks ago or two years ago because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. my, my, my capacity to stack memory when it's online is awful. And I think everybody's is because it... It, it gets stored in the uh, the hippocampus and they think it's memory related to emotion. And I'm like, I don't have any emotion or subjective experience related to this memory. It's just a video I saw. So it's really hard for my brain to access when that was. If you do that over and over and over and over and over again, hours, months and years, I think it damage your, damages your capacity to place events in a sequence. Ooh, if you can't place events in a in a in a consequential sequence, this led to this, which led to this, which led to this. You're huh. you're not brain damaged, but you may as well be because you can't think. Huh. The other the other slightly conspiracy element to this is: Do you know who wanted to terminate and cancel history? A man called Karl Marx. Yeah. Okay. That's how you clear the way for communism: is you cancel history, so that when history is done, and one way of opposing the fundamental Marxist doctrine is to remind ourselves and to remind each other it's not over. We're still in history. It's still being written. Every day it's still being written. It's a much more empowering perspective because we kind of walk, talk, and act as though it's all done. It's already over. History's in the past. No. Mm. History's being written today. You could do something today that could end up in altering the course of history. There's something very disempowering and, and... disenfranchising that really steals your agency if somebody says to you history's already over it's already done mm. kid nothing you can do about it <laughs> right right uh i think was it you that that told me about this uh i think it was yeah, they get, there it goes the uh, the sequential time is gone like yeah. i've always been like this and i've always wondered why but i think growing up from the inner on the internet since i was the age of like four or five years old or something yeah. That thing, I think that's a really interesting thing you're bringing up because you're able to kind of dive through simultaneously different black holes um, yes. in, in 
every type of order ever. So you have something that's happened 300 years ago here, yesterday here, tomorrow there. And then, you know, you don't really, our brains aren't, are not, are not manufactured in a way where you're able to kind of piece those things together. But yeah, as you're scrolling down the feed, you're seeing things in different timelines. Well, it's literally called a timeline, yeah. but it's, but it, nowadays they change the algorithm. So it's not even chronological anymore. It's really? Just, you didn't know that? I didn't fucking know that. Oh, dude, this happened years ago on Instagram and, and Facebook, where before when it first came out, everything you see on Instagram was mm -hmm. chronological. So mm -hmm. it was the the newest post or the oldest post. Mm -hmm. But as they wanted to do what they do, they changed the algorithm to show you things that they think that you would like more. So you might actually see a post three days ago here, but then one yesterday below it and two seconds ago right below it. I really hope people can hear what you're saying and I really hope people can understand without us having to explain it why that's really fucked up. Like you, you being spoon fed data on the basis of a machine's idea of what you will like, tick, thumb, is not good. That does not hurt <laughs> you at all. And the idea, you know, the whole thing that it's, it's a story and a timeline is pretty creepy. Where do they get these words from? Do they just pull it out of randomly or is there a deliberate effort to sort of coerce and corrupt people's sense of their place in time and space because this is the point of 1984 freedom is the freedom to say that two plus two equals four what did they do in 1984 they erased people's histories hmm. that was winston's job was to erase right. people from history if you can effectively do that and you unanchor humanity from its place in the world and from reality itself you can do what the hell you want with them because you could say whatever you want and they're going to believe you because they don't know any better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, before, uh, yeah. What you, what I was saying earlier, something, I think, I think that you told me that it was in North Korea or something that they, well, they ban everything there, but it was some regime that they banned like some sort of sci-fi or a genre because it allows the, the people to think abstractly and that's dangerous for the regime. So it was that I got this from Zizek. Um, okay. Apparently, it was the People's Republic of China started banning stories, sci-fi stories of time travel because they didn't want people to imagine a time before communism. Okay, interesting. They, they okay. saw it. They saw it as fundamentally dangerous to permit people in their own skulls to fantasize that there was ever a world where the uh, the um, People's Republic of China were not in power. That's how paranoid these totalitarianist not jobs are. <laughs> don't even let them think for a set i mean be, and this is the this is the fetishist split obviously the people of china know their history to a degree and they know that the the, uh, the communists haven't always been in power but at the same time they're not allowed to imbibe books and videos that mess around with with their time travel because they don't want them thinking about it too much it's crazy yeah yeah that's that's insane man and yeah so now with this i guess you would call newfound framing of history just through wasting my time with video games it's actually not wasting my time as much as i thought because now i mean just i think being a creative person that thinks a bit more visually at times it allows me to actually understand 
certain situations, especially in ancient Egypt, like when I've read or heard anything auditorially about that time, you just, there's always some dry ass fucking history channel documentary with a hieroglyph of some dude doing this, pronouncing like 75% of the sentence is just like ununderstandable, you know? Yeah. But yeah. but as you're playing these characters, uh, we lived in a brutal time, man. Uh, we didn't, we didn't, but maybe we did. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I think I think there's there's there are there are other games. Um, there's uh, Age of Empires, which I've been playing since I was like 16, and there's spin-offs of that that would take you to that period in ancient Egypt, and you'd have the Greeks fighting against the Egyptians and and so on and so forth, and it. It just gave it a bit of context, and there is historical fiction, good historical fiction about the ancient Greeks. Uh, Stephen Pressfield has written some great books, not least the one about uh, the Battle of the 300, the Spartan uh, battle. Uh, it's mm. called either Gates of Fire or Pillars of Fire. I think it's Gates of Fire. And then there's a, an English chap who's written a whole cycle of novels about ancient Egypt, and it's not historically accurate. Okay, mm. the historians kick off, but it means that you can if you have this soft, creative, um, vague, non-historical bowl, you can put the raw data in and you go, okay, yeah, I get that. Whereas if you mm. don't have that, raw right. data is just, ugh. Like, it's like trying to chew wood chippings or something. It's completely yeah. tedious. No, right, exactly. Obviously, it's not historically 100% accurate, but it just gives you a loose painting, an impressionist yeah. painting of our time in comparison to the past and the future. And do we have that now? Like, I, I don't, I really don't think so, man. I think, I think one thing that we could say is um, that obviously the majority of people have never been interested in, in history and culture and issues of philosophy and psychology and everything else. Okay, so if ninety percent of people or eighty percent of people aren't interested, that's fine. That's that's always been the case. But the problem that we face now is that last remaining twenty, ten, and five percent of like the intellectual elites, the academic institutions, the last bastions of science and history and fact, they're under attack, and they have been for years. They're mm. under attack from outside <laughs> and from yeah. within, and that's frightening. That's that's really really frightening when you see. Um, people who run universities making decisions that are odd, people who are, you know, scientists publishing papers making shitty decisions, and um, people in that field who should be defending um, the capacity to tell the truth being swayed by weird fringe uh, political movements. And I, I use those words very advisedly. I, th I really do think any form of Marxism, any form of, of Marxism is weird. And fringe. It's interesting. It's fascinating. I love Zizek. He's a he's an out and out Marxist. But when I was at university, that was fringe. Nobody really took them seriously. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to take them seriously. And nowadays, they are rewriting government policy and they're rewriting the the policies of multi billion dollar corporations because that's the power the fringe now has. It's huge right. and it's 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 really dangerous. It's really dangerous. Yeah, speaking of fringe ideas becoming more mainstream, like the the pull towards what was once conspiracy is almost becoming undeniably real. Yeah. 
it, it's uh, as I was walking through the streets today, like it was a sunny day. I'm supposed to enjoy myself, but God damn, I could I not stop thinking about the fact of summer compared to now. It was a <laughs> sunny day. And so you have that foundation, but no people, masks, you know, like all this other overarching stuff. You start reflecting what happened in the last three months. Then you start reflecting the last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these things uh, stack up on each other. And I was thinking about, I started talking about um, certain movies. And did you know Michael Bay, the Transformer dude? Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. made. He already made a new movie. I think it's yeah. called Songbird. Yeah, I saw the advert for it, yeah. How creepy is that? What do you think about that? Um, I think if anybody was going to do it, it's Michael Bay. The guy the guy is a savage. Um, I think he saw an opportunity and, and he took it. Uh, the people who said it's, it's evidence of pre-programming, it's evidence of some dark conspiracy, uh, should know the following piece of information. That film was shot in 27 days. It was shot in 27 okay. days. And the reason I'm saying that is because a Michael Bay movie <laughs> would usually be three to six months of shooting. So they shot it guerrilla style, following lockdown restrictions to get it out to be ahead of the curve. Um, okay. It's distasteful. It's really distasteful. But I don't, that one, I don't think is evidence of anything darker than uh, good old fashioned Hollywood American opportunism. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. That's usually my go-to explanation is just follow the money, follow the opportunity presented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess my point is, uh, oh, by the way, if you guys don't know who's listening, Songbird basically follows the, what seems like maybe two years from now, which the pandemic basically eats most of society and neighbors are snitching on each other and police are breaking into each other's, uh, into houses and pulling Sorry, did people Did you say out two years and, from now, Pierre? <laughs> Sorry, six months. Is that better? I, I think now. Like, now? Think now. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, now. Yeah. So, and then, you know, obviously, it's it's just a bit creepy because uh, Michael Bay being, I think, one of the top, not not quality-wise, but just publicity-wise, the top. Oh, big. You can't he's, deny. He made the Transformers. He's like multi-millionaire. Yeah. I mean, how much funding do these movies get? I mean, who funded this dude? You know, and, and it's like these mainstream theaters and whoever else is just willing to like throw that out there in the most supposedly insensitive time ever, you know, yes. and it's like, yo, man, this is like, it's, it's creepy. Dark. It's, it's, yeah. it's, re- it's really, really dark. And it, it does throw up some questions about what's appropriate and what isn't. Um, again, back to history, you do need to remember that during World War II, um, there were propaganda movies being made. There was German propaganda. So they were mm. telling right, they were right. telling the story of the ongoing crisis as it was unfolding. Um, and I, I kind of like, I know everybody's fascinated by Germany and World War II, but I'm sort of like, I really would love to go back and sit in one of those cinemas in Germany and watch mm-hmm. a pro-Nazi propaganda movie and just see if you could hear any kind of like, you know, what the, you know, this is fucking, yeah, see yeah. if you hear any of that, any of right. that at all, or whether everybody was just like, nope, this is, this is us, yeah. this is real, this is, this is for, for the fatherland, it's all good, I'd love, to, I'd love to go back to that time and see how yeah. they saw it. It would be very interesting to, to see the, the reactions amongst the people, right? 
um there was a there was a clip that because i've been playing video games i watch youtube videos on gaming now and there was one in red dead red dead redemption in like early americana and there was like this this crazy racist eugenics promoter like screaming on the street and most people were just like walking past him and then the main character cowboy is like shut the fuck up what the hell are you talking about sort of a thing <laughs> so um but yeah i don't know i mean let I me mean, think about it now are you who would have known this time would come around and i mean how do you view about the public's reaction to this whole thing i mean i'm sure one day 100 years from now people two two dudes that look similar to us are going to talk about a time right. that we lived in now and they're like i wonder what it would be like to be on a podcast looking around the pandemic situation yeah. in 2020 well I, it, that's actually a really really interesting question because what I would say to the dudes a hundred years in the future is my predominant state is one of bewilderment and astonishment. And I'm not doing anything because I'm constantly astonished because we, when we talk about, you know, Franco, Spain, Hitler, Hitler's Germany, Mussolini's Italy, Stalin's Russia. How did people not see it coming? How did people not flee more rapidly if they could? How, and you could, and and now I'm looking back and it's actually made me go, no, I can see it because seriously, I mean, I've, I've said this on, on our podcast here before. I really think it put me into a kind of shock. I really just couldn't believe it. I could, I, for months, I was literally for four months. I was like, no, this, this, can't, yeah. this can't be happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you stall. And even now I think I'm stalling. Even now yeah. I think. I'm not sure. really looking at the reality of the situation. I had a conversation two days ago where I was like, you know, I was being asked about work and plans for the future. And I was like, well, you know, I do have to, you know, not, not trying to, it's not virtue signaling. I, you do have to start asking the question, at what point do you, I've taken a back foot on it. What, what, what point do you stop taking a back foot and actually talking about protesting? Because how much silliness and injustice should go down before you at least try and push back, at least try and say, like, this, this literally makes no sense whatsoever. This is an anti-scientific, we're going against the World Health Organization's um, recommendations at this point. Who's telling us that this is the right thing to do? Where do you start to push back? And so that would mean, if, say if I started in January, it would have taken me the best part of it would have taken me 10 months to switch gears and go, okay, we actually have to do something about this. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we're in the same exact situation because I am at that freeze response too, or just consistent bewilderment. Like yeah. even it just happened the other day, just from the gathering from the Czech independence day that happened on the street. And I'm like, so are we doing this or are we not doing this yeah. or my fucking like conclusion is like i guess the covita is allergic to politics just as much as me right at the moment right. like <laughs> for any any political gathering it's fine like apparently yeah. if you're right or left north or south yeah if you're a part of a political protest the corona doesn't exist at all but other other than that go to your stores and wear the mask and social distance so you, what you're talking about, I think, is a generally, and when I say general, I mean, like, to, to address the point you made earlier, 
we're using the term conspiracy theorist, both of us tongue in cheek. Neither of us mean conspiracy theorist because it's a derogatory term. It's anybody who's an official story denier. So now, yeah. as far as I can see, uh, for everybody I know, like 90% of people I know, even people who are die hard, do as you told us, are now saying, okay, this, this doesn't make sense. So 90 to 95% of people I know are, are dead against that. And I kind of think, so if the conspiracy theorist, as you said, which was fringe, is now the mainstream, who's doing this? Like, who's into this? Across, I mean, is everybody at every level of government on some, are they drinking some different brew every morning? Or are they also having conversations like you and I going, fucking hell, uh, you know, mate, this, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Does it? Well, just keep your head down and do as you're told and take your pension in 10 years time. Don't, don't rock the boat. It, we're almost, again, back to Zizek, where he talks about Christmas. The children know that daddy brings the, the presents and puts them under the tree. They're not idiots. The parents aren't insane. They know they're buying the presents and put them under the tree. Who do we do Christmas for? Who do we do Father Christmas for? The big other. It's, and, and as Zizek says, this is how ideology functions. We all know it's not true, but we do it anyway. So is everybody across the board just going to keep going doing something that all of us know is wrong, <laughs> including the police and the medical personnel, because we're worried about, I don't know, being shamed or being cancelled? Yeah. or It's that. It's that. I mean, right. at, at this level, yes. But, I mean, I have seen people that f still fully buy the t complete narrative of the, the, the virus is as dangerous as it is and you should be careful and do the thing and the thing and things. Um, but every <laughs> one thing we can agree on is that no one can agree on anything. You right. know, if there's one thing that we can all agree on, everybody has a different version of the truth that's so incredibly far from the next person that it, it is almost impossible to even differentiate what is the right answer or even what to do at all. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think um, this this question in the in the chat could lead to what we we're talking about. Um, do you feel both feel a sense of responsibility to set out your truth as YouTubers to what is really happening? And uh, we in, were in, just in, in the year when cancellations have gone through the fucking roof. <laughs> right. So uh, I can find it to, to highlight it. Here it is. Um, so yeah, as we were talking about, like how much do we step back? How long? And when do mm. we push back if we should and how to go about that? And this is something that I have been just ruminating over ever mm. since these things have started happening, man. And mm. Nowadays, it's like, obviously, a few months ago, when I took a step off YouTube, it was at the at a point in momentum where no matter what you said, it's mm. not a good idea. It doesn't benefit anybody. Say, say if you were right and you had people that agreed with you, mm. what is that exactly doing? It's sticking your neck out and still risking the sledgehammer for a few of the three fingers to massage your scalp. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, you know? Was, what was the name of the person who, who asked the question? Sorry, I, I know you, you took it off screen. If you can't um, find him, it doesn't matter. I will search, but feel free to begin speaking as I... It's a, it's a really, really good question. Um, from a YouTuber's perspective, 
there are huge YouTube channels that have just been deleted. So if you say, um, say you've changed it and you said, from your point of view as a politician, oh, thank you, Shirley. That's a good question. From your point of view as a politician, uh, do you feel a sense of responsibility to set out your truth as politicians to what is really happening? But we have to point to the context in which that's happening, which is every politician that's ever said it loses their job and is harangued by the press and, you know, uh, harassed at home and had paint thrown on them at their front door. Uh, so the context is, if you speak too much truth on YouTube now, that's your truth, because you said your truth, you can get cancelled. And it's, it's, you don't have to say anything particularly wild. There are certain hot topic issues that if you cover, without saying what they want you to say to a nicety, your channel will get yanked. No refunds, no returns, all that work down the drain. And it's, it's, it's hard. If you're asking me if I feel a sense of responsibility, I absolutely do. I've been weighing up over the months how much responsibility I have and what I should say. I released a few spicy videos that were talking about non-compliance, that were talking about narcissistic bullying, but it was basically masked as though I was talking about narcissistic abuse when actually I was talking about the situation we're living through. Um, but it's gotten to the point where I'm like, no, I can't do that. We're past that now. You have to actually openly say, okay, boys and girls, like, are we gonna keep doing this? And just to be really specific, I'm not saying there isn't a virus. I'm not a mad anti-vaxxer. I'm not denying there's a virus. I'm not saying it's because 5G is boiling your lungs or anything like that. There's a virus. My question has remained the same from day one. What is the level of threat? What is the appropriate level of response? And my only question is, is this the appropriate level response? Or in other words, do lockdowns work to stop the spread of a virus? Everybody's quoting this now. Peru had the harshest lockdowns in the world, savage lockdowns. The virus was not stopped at all, at all. Hmm. Sweden doesn't have a, a, a higher death rate than other countries. So why you know, are Taiwan? We doing it? Taiwan has zero, apparently. Does it really? It has zero cases from what last I heard. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so it, um it can't it can't be zero if it's zero well then if it really is zero we really are in a lot of trouble we're really in a lot of trouble yeah and i think what you just said is right on the dot it's measuring the calculated response like a real war general in Asia empires would do. Right. <laughs> you don't you don't just send your troops into unknown territory while everybody has their arrows pointed outside of the castle. Like that's yeah. that's the that's a good metaphor because yeah. you know, you don't just go there solo as a general while everybody still believes a certain thing. And uh I mean, I just released a song under Lil Klimp that's just straight up like fucking like fuck this lockdown shit. Like I want to get out, mm -hmm. you know, sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think now you feel where the collective consciousness is. And I feel mm. like a lot of people subconsciously, intuitively, are starting to lean towards, okay, this lockdown extension plus this other layer of it is very extra. Nine o'clock yeah. curfew. What? Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, they, 
Choco Afro posted a new announcement that now salons for dogs and cats are allowed to open now. I mean, yes. it, it, it's like it's like a lunatic on LSD is just spinning a wheel in the asylum and just going, "This, well, this, this, close that, open this," and you go. Can't like I've tried this. I've tried it on Facebook. I tried it. I tried it once a few weeks ago, and I was like, okay, I'm not doing it again. Can anybody show me the data that supports this decision? We were talking about gyms being closed. Can anybody show me the data that supports the decision? No, just do as you're told. Right. What? What? what when should like, they were basically saying, just do as the government tells you to do? And I was like, what? What do you think a government is? The government is not there to tell its people what to do in a modern Western democracy. That's not a government's role. And your job as a citizen is not to blindly follow orders. Show me the data, please, that supports the decision. Show me some data, not Mm -hmm. nonsense, not 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 bullshit that has been made up by you know uh, uh, your favorite college that produces all of your data as has been the case in the uk let's mm-hmm. do this scientifically show me your data and let's have six other prof- professors of epidemiology come in and critique that data and the way it was crunched that's what i would right. like to see that conversation yeah. has not happened anywhere in the world in any country as far as i'm aware at a governmental what, level what you're asking for is not that crazy to translate you're just basically saying Give me evidence for this reaction. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. To to go to go back on the the proper response to things like like for example, you just saw that comment that said uh, Plato banned artists in the Republic, and I thought about situations like people will bring up examples of people who did stick their neck out. For example, you had like Martin Luther King, or even you go further back in time to whoever cause whatever revolution who changed things Mm -hmm. but then i thought about how many millions and millions of people who started to put their neck out that just immediately got decapitated and you never heard from them again right think about all of the potential people that just got off entirely before they even had the potential to change things. And maybe they even had a bit of momentum. And we just never, ever heard of them because yeah. the only ones that just slipped through that filter were the Martin Luther Kings and whoever else. Yes. There had been tons before that that also tried the same thing. And again, it only I think the proper response is what you were saying. You have to measure where the context is, where everybody's head's at, how to strategically do it, what's proper, what's not proper. Because if you don't do it, you're literally just walking into a castle where everybody's against you with no evidence or no backup to to what you're doing at all. And that's not going to end up well. Well, and, and to really sort of stretch this sort of Age of Empires battle metaphor, <laughs> you know, I've got my little army of 500 men. You've got your 50,000 just over the hill. It's a real hassle to move them. If I hear them, we'll just run away. You've got to, you've got to motivate me to come over the hill. So you'd come and you'd attack me a little bit and run away. You wouldn't send all your forces. You'd send a small force and <laughs> you'd hope that we would get so frustrated we'd charge over the hill. we charge over the fucking hill. We're faced with 50,000 and then we die very, very rapidly. I don't know that that isn't the case. I am not convinced, uh, for example, that um, that, that we're not actually being goaded into widespread civil unrest. When I watch some of the um, political broadcasts that come out of the UK, 
I find it very hard to not perceive them as open provocations. They mm -hmm. look like provocations. They sound, you know, it's like, um, you know, where you wind somebody up and get them to hit you so that you can punch the living fuck out of them and then say, well, you know, he hit me first. I, oh, I wanted to actually get into this metaphor. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. Like, so imagine like you are the heat of an argument right now. Or, mm -hmm. and, and you were getting furious, like somebody throws a slur, it's the gaslighting, whatever terms that you specialize in, this happens, you're fucking angry at the other person, the other person's angry at you. Do you just put your head out and speak the truth and hope they understand it in that emotionally tense moment? Yeah. Or is it more wise to just step back, let it simmer? Yeah. Let the let those things just settle down for a second, then allow that moment of reflection to possibly come back in and leave a few breadcrumbs here and there and hopefully come to a mutual decision that actually ends up benefiting both of you. Sure, sure. And and you know, you do you do sometimes have to be um somewhat renegade with this. You yeah. don't want to be the first to go. It's not smart. It just doesn't. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry to anybody who thinks that that's cowardly or or non-courageous, but there is nothing intelligent about jumping over the top and getting your head blown off. I'll let some others go first, thanks. I have no moral. You know, I feel a degree of responsibility. I have no moral. I don't feel any sort of moral responsibility to stand up and jump up and down and yell i'm not alex jones i've never been i was literally gonna bring that dude yeah. up man i'm not I'm that's not that's what guy. happens though yeah. he is the result of approaching things in that manner yes you know and look yeah. how look i mean look how everyone's approaching him and yeah. you know i mean like it's not the the smartest thing and uh really not it, yeah it's really not. And, uh, you know, I, I would just like to, to add, like, I am not anti-government. I'm not a Marxist. I'm not a revolutionary. I think it sucks. I think it's always sucked. I think it always will suck. But I don't see this communist utopia being anything other than a bloodbath that then will go back to the same bureaucracy that we started with in the first place, because that's what it's always done. And if you want to overlap psychiatry with history, the best predictor of uh, future behavior in humans is past behavior. So if all of our Marxist revolutions ended in a bloodbath and then went back to a plain old boring bureaucracy afterwards, that's what will happen this time around. In the same right. way, when you hand over a massive amount of power to a government on the basis of an emergency, we have a word for that in history. It's called fascism. Big emergency situation. The government says we have to reduce your civil liberties. It's only temporary. Yes, there will be some military on the streets, as there was in Liverpool recently. But don't worry, folks. It's for your good. It's for our good. And it will all pass soon. You know, that's that's the other side of the totalitarian tiptoe, which is the uh, the classic fascist state. I Just mean, missing. The only thing it's missing is, is uh, an ethnic component. Yeah, so yeah. Who's, who's, I mean, no, it's, it's not. No, no, no. It's not missing. <laughs> In the West, it's happening a lot. That's true, actually. Yeah, that is true, actually. So, so the race issue is is on the rise, yeah. and you could also say that that COVID intrinsically, where it has been called the Chinese virus, it does yeah. actually have that element of a foreign yeah. invader, invader but who needs to be defeated. 
that's not even the big one now. The racial thing is internal in the West now, which yes. is really yeah. strange. But uh, to go back to that revolutionary thing, like I think anybody in the early 20s wants a revolution because that's what happens when you <laughs> develop full of hormones and you just yeah. really want to flip, but then you really you displace it towards yeah, you want to say you want to say fuck fuck you daddy you get angry yeah. with all the daddies in the world and you're supposed to it's a developmental yeah, phase exactly it's not an actual political idea right so that's why i'm like i i understand and i feel whoever is that in that stage because that was me for the longest fucking time mm-hmm. always been about that because like i I think everybody's wrong. Society doesn't have it right. Like, mm-hmm. fuck this. I'm going to start a revolution or I want to become mm-hmm. a part of it. And then as this year came around and the, the, it actually started happening mm-hmm. while I saw non-context-based ideologies in play to push mm-hmm. a revolution that's not founded on anything structured or stable, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. This is definitely not the answer. This well, is mean, definitely can, not it. The, the, th- the thing is with that, that, that it happened so quickly, which was another element of the shock, was you could also see, um, you could see the, the division of ethnic groups. You could see the division, the targeting of ethnic groups. And I was like, you know, fuck, like, wow, we, we really going to do this again? We really, we really didn't learn last time. We're going <laughs> to, we're gonna we're going to have a serious adult debate about you know facial features and skin tone and all of that skull like that. measuring skull measurements that's where okay. we're back to we're back to that anti-scientific prejudicial superstitious gibberish not to dismiss the historical context but this is where I'm bothered by the a um, the lack of the historical context here. We need the historical context. We need to be able to say, this is what happened. Absolutely, it's what happened. But X plus Y doesn't equal Z. You've come to a false conclusion, but it's really hard to talk to you because you're yelling. (laughs) You need to flip. (laughs) So much libidinous energy to quote you, pent up and not sent in the right place. So, I mean, yeah, as this year came around, man, like, I just that idea of revolution has really just taken a step back in in my uh, worldview because I'm like the when when people get together in large groups, man, you know they dumb as fuck. They dumb as fuck, and they get really violent, man. Well, I, what I would say is I and and this is this is a really good thing that's coming out. You've got a lot of people who are breaking ranks with the left and with the right and starting to say, well, actually. We're for liberty. We're for, we are for we're for reclaiming the term being a liberal. Which, if you are a liberal, you you are for liberty, which is a beautiful thing to see. We're seeing people learn about data, learn about statistics. Like, you know, you and I, we've had to learn stuff about viruses and the spread of viruses that we didn't know. Everybody watching that we didn't know and didn't want to know at the beginning of this year. So there is there is an emerging new way of doing things i think that's not tear down all the statues and tear down and erase cancel history nor is it the fascist boot standing on everybody's face there's another thing where we say we just need to do better which we really do now if that makes me a revolutionary i wouldn't say it does because what i would say i'm doing is i don't want to tear down the establishment 
I want to build on the establishment. Me too. Because yeah. it's done it's done more good than bad. Horrendous, awful things have been done by the established by the establishment. But if you know your history, believe me, far more good than bad. Far more. Because whatever you compare it to for barbarism, you just go back two thousand years. You want to talk oppression? Go back two thousand go back four thousand years. You want to talk suffering? Go back, go back, go Yo, back. Just, it's, it's, it's all there. Just play the first 30 minutes of Assassin's Creed. And you'll <laughs> just just look at the murder. Just watch, just watch a few scenes of that. And you'd be like, dude, could you imagine if you tore everything down? Where if people don't can't even get out of their bed and make it in the morning, let alone restructure giant infrastructure of how we live, man. Well, and the, 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 the beautiful thing about that, the beautiful and frightening thing about that is the wonderful naivety, wonderful and terrifying naivety behind it, where they actually really think that we humans are so wonderful that without all the so-called oppression, everything will be a utopia. And when you say to them, who's, who's going to clean the toilets? Who's going to run the sewage system? Who's going to police? If, right. if you get if you get attacked or robbed from, who's gonna who's gonna help you? Nobody will rob because there's no need to rob because every everything belongs to everybody. And I'm like, wow, that's really done. That's mind-numbingly stupid to think that that would be the case. Yeah, you know, I'm at a very very transformative year at 27. Right, is when you <laughs> when you really start shifting your thought, and I'm like. Am I becoming a cranky, grumpy old man looking at young children being like, kids, you don't know what you, you don't understand what you're doing, you know, because that's how I've been feeling recently of just like, yo, guys, you're naive as fuck. Like, come on, do better. You know, <laughs> do, do, do you remember we said that, that actually the really young, like before the early 20s, the Gen Z seem a bit more switched on and, and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it. But but the worry was that they'll swing hard right. So there's a, a story that came out in the UK news yesterday where a, a, a really, really dangerously high number of young people, teenagers, and some were caught below the age of 10 with far right-wing material on their computers, but really no extreme. Way. Yeah, it's already happening. The wow. pendulum will swing all the way the other way. We don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> That's neither option is good kids neither yeah. option is good fucking hell man but it's completely understandable considering that if you contextualize where we are now with what political movement is happening mm -hmm. it's only inevitable that the kids just want a fucking stable family household and economy man <laughs> yeah yeah well they're, lo they're looking hell. up they're looking up to their elders and seeing the chaos and and the nonsense i mean they're the nonsense that we're all forced to spew and to come back to Shirley's earlier question, um, the things that we're just not allowed to say. We're just, we're just not, not allowed to say them. And, you know, people watching this, you might think that me and Pierre are, are cowards for not saying it, but try putting years of your life into something and then really dealing with the realistic probability that it can be taken away from you. You could just wake up one morning and it's gone because of something you said. It's pretty intimidating. Right. And and to think about it, we're already on a list if that does get somewhere anyways. 
Yes. You know, and yeah. we we're going to pass a threshold if we further push that. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So like, ironically, the thing is like, creativity can come from limitations. So I, I'm trying to develop these new ways to go about things and, and by stepping back and trying, okay, what is another way to push back? Well, fuck, I'll start working out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and thanks to you, you really got me started and you, I'm still using those resistance bands and stuff. And I've been really like, I'm fucking, I'm getting swole, bro. Look at that. Telling you, you know told I mean? you get started, you get them games. Yeah. If, you, now, if you're lean, it's really noticeable. Right. So then now I have the treadmill and I'm streaming, and then now people watching are now starting to run and work out more as well, which indirectly actually betters people in a way that would be beneficial if shit does get even crazier. Tell you what, giving up junk food, training. Uh, unplugging from social media, unplugging from mainstream media, you don't have to be completely unplugged, just tone it right down. That's a rebellion. That's a real yeah. rebellion that I can confidently say, engage in everybody, really meditate, start reading books again. That's a rebellion that I can confidently put my weight behind. If it becomes a different type of rebellion in the future, a more of like, I don't know, the, the French resistance or something, then it's good preparation for that. It's really, really good prep. So, you win either way. But right, to start right. reclaiming your own headspace and your own emotions, I, I would say that's that's a really important part of rebelling against the, the the nonsense of 2020. So yeah, I think I think you're. I'm completely with you. Like because we were talking about this earlier before of like what's the approach? A more ninja like yin approach to things in a way mm -hmm. where you you rebel through more of these so called passive behaviors. Mm -hmm. getting fit, eating better, not absorbing ideology left and right, mm -hmm. you know, surrounding yourself with whoever that you can trust. That is a rebellion. You're right. That That's way more beneficial if you were to fight anything in the future. And, and lest we forget, you know, people miss their old lives and they realize what they had before 2020 hit. We weren't going anywhere good anyway. Don't forget that. Please, nobody watching this, don't forget we were going to have a crisis. If it wasn't this, it was going to be something else because we just, we, there's just no way we could continue living the way we were. That was never going to be an option. Me personally, I'd rather not put it off. If I know it's going to suck, I'd rather do it now than later. So in some ways, I'm, I'm happy this is, this is going the way it is because, I mean, I, I assume what's happening in the UK is similar in other places around the world, people are really, really applying a huge amount of pressure to politicians now, which they were not five or six months ago. It's savage. It's a bad time to be in, in government in the UK. And I imagine it's the same everywhere. Every right. decision you make, every announcement you make is being grilled. And there is even now mainstream media is coming after them and challenging the statistics they're putting out and challenging these projections and challenging the lockdowns. So there, there is hope here. There is hope here. You know, I can see things changing already. I, I just don't think we're waking up. We've been, right. we're, we're trying to go yeah. back to sleep and then we get poked again and then we try and roll over and pull the duvet and we get poked again. And now people are actually really waking up and saying, hang on a second. What are we doing here? This, this right. doesn't make sense. So I'm, I'm very, very hopeful. Yeah, I agree, man. And uh, yeah, I, well, I love it. I love it. Do you want to take any questions or do you have to go?
Um, I need to go soonish, but perhaps we could do three or four absolute corkers, as they say in the United Kingdom. I like your hair, right. by the way. It's very Thank cool. you, man. Got a mohawk just in case if things get fucking wild, people That's have good. less to pull on, to throw me yeah. in the gulag, you know? Yes. Also, it lets you know when you're running, it lets the people know when you're running your own dystopian Mad Max style army that you're the daddy because you yes. have the Mohican. Yes. I, I did two nights ago, I did the thing that you suggested of putting the hair down and I okay. took a picture of it happening because my hair is at such a length that it was dry when I did it. I managed to do, I comb it over and I had a perfect Karen soccer mom, you know, where it wraps right back around. Yeah, yeah, the swoop. I, the swoop. I, it was fucking beautiful. I can't put it on social media because it was also horrific. A so are you going to send me this or man. what? I'll, I'll send it to you, but please don't share it with anybody. Proper Karen. Well, I'm going to be streaming. I'm going to be streaming after this. I'd be like, hey, guys, I know he said no, but like, here too. Yeah. If you do this and just show it on the screen and then pull it away, yeah. <laughs> if they try and screen cap it, it'll be too no, blurry. Don't but, worry. So, yeah, I ain't going to do it. It's quite disturbing. <laughs> um, do you think we'll have a punk rock revival? Um, you know what's interesting? Yes, uh, because I have a mohawk now. No, I'm kidding. Mm. But but really, though, I've actually seen mainstream artists recently. They're doing more pop punk music. I saw a video today with Rico Nasty wearing all like legitimate punk gear from the late 80s. And Doja Cat made a song, a, a, a hit single, a remixed it to just pure metal. So oh. it looks like there's a wave coming back. Aka yeah. Potent the rock star. He's a rock star and he's still here, so it's gonna come back. Potent's here. Yeah. So please, if you guys have any questions, we will highlight it and we will answer it. Here it is. What's uh, behind the feeling of disassociation? A lot of us are having, like having to adjust your reality when you come out of the cinema. Is it the isolation where observers and not participants? I've been feeling this a lot recently, man. I think um, uh, it. Excuse me, protein shake. Um, I think I think what we're all seeing is shock. It's it's a it's shock. We're in a collective uh, post traumatic stress response, and one mm. of the most primary responses is, is to is to freeze and dissociate. Uh huh. Yeah. I, oh man, walking around today was so fucking weird. It was it was like I took a few tabs or something. <laughs> it, it was the strangest feeling, man. Like, imagine being stuck playing video games for like a week and a half straight, walking on a treadmill, then going out here. Mm. I didn't even tell you. There's a game called Deus Ex, uh, Mankind Divided. That's the name of it. Mankind Divided. It's based Predictive in, programming, bitches. <laughs> it's based in Prague. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can, and it's in an authoritarian police state in Prague. And the, uh, basically... AI cyborgs are segregated from the humans and the, and the whole place is like getting going through checkpoints. You got drones flying around, people looking for your papers. You got to sneak around. It's crazy, man. Interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd like to give that a go. For sure. So imagine playing that for a week straight and walking out here. <laughs> Just waving at the check, please. Hi. You're nice hey, now. Guys. You won't be yeah. two years. <laughs> All right. Okay, any other questions? Do you see anything? I can't okay, see here it is. Shit. Shirley, do you think uh, that the whole communist fascist confusion is designed to keep from looking up and seeing what's really going on? Well, I think it, 
it's one of these things that people need to educate themselves on. You need to have a basic understanding of things like Marxism and you need to have an understanding of communist and fascist and where they lie not on a simple left-right spectrum. They are totalitarian and this is very much what uh, writers like George Orwell were against. In 1984, he was writing about a left-wing totalitarianistic state, but he was just as against right-wing totalitarianists. So a very authoritarian, dictatorial, totalitarianistic, zero free speech government doesn't really matter whether it's communist or fascist. And to be honest with you, when I looked it up, historians couldn't really agree to a nuance exactly what fascism was and wasn't. Um, the, the few points that I gave you before are out of a list of 15. They seem to be the ones that everybody agrees on. Ethnocentrism, state of emergency and a military level response. There are another uh, 12, um, but not everybody agrees on, on the key points. But we don't want totalitarianism, obviously. Uh, seems like a few people do, though. <laughs> it's really strange. Maybe. It's 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 so odd to watch people and interact yeah, with people right. arguing for their own imprisonment and getting angry with you that you won't jump on the cattle car with them. Just get on the cattle car. Everything will be fine yeah. when we get to Dachau. Well, okay. <laughs> if you think about, like, you brought up World War II, and if you were to simulate going back in a time, imagine how quick that all happened. Like, yeah. what could have you done in that time period? Everyone's like, I would have shot Hitler with the revolver in the mouth. Dude, imagine, like, think about how quick this thing happened this year. Yeah. Like, that that whole situation was, like, four years of momentum that just... There's, to, to back back to this this thing of leverage and, and power... Um, what people need to remember about what Nazi Germany was like, there were people who tried to uh, kill Hitler. Um, there was a very famous general, I can't remember his name right now, who tried to kill Hitler. I wanted to know, it wasn't shown in the film, Tom Cruise played him in the film. Uh, I wanted to know what happened to his wife and to his family. The Nazis arrested his wife, the wife of the guy who tried to kill Hitler. They took her children away from her and, and gave them up to care. And they imprisoned her in a lunatic asylum uh, for years of, mm. of her life. There was a young girl, 18 years old. She was the um, she ran something called the White Rose Society. She was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed German girl, and she was protesting against against Hitler. They cut her head off. Oh my! God. They cut an 18-year-old girl's head off her shoulders for issuing pamphlets. They weren't playing. Now, you know who made this point really well? Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor does a bit where he's like, yeah, we all like to think that if the Nazis rolled through, we would do this and we'd tell them this yeah. and we'd do that. As soon as those tanks roll in and you see those uniforms, you ain't doing shit. Yeah, you that's, do that's what I mean. Thing. That's what I'm... But, dude, people are afraid to be confrontational sometimes if yeah. they get the wrong latte. <laughs> you What the fuck are you going to do with the goddamn SS, man? Yeah, exactly. And, and the SS, perfect example. They caught multiple female British spies and, and tortured them like they were men that pulled their fingernails out. They burned them with hot pincers. They pulled their teeth out. These Fucking people hell, were thugs. Total psychopathic savages you wouldn't have said yo, shit hey yo you, you just thought of the biggest plot twist of 2020 you ready for this <laughs> what if, what if what if every karen 
were actually heroes. Right. <laughs> what if? <laughs> what tell if they, them that. That's what they already believe. I know. What if? What if they were the ones that were actually saving the world, and we all shamed them, and and yeah, they yeah. were. <laughs> and They're if like, it, yeah, go ahead. They were like, "What?" It was, it was us the whole time. You fuckers. You didn't even respect the yo, dude. <laughs> yo, dude. What if every Karen was a time traveler forty years from now? That's like I was trying to. I, they just didn't listen. You know, <laughs> yeah, in- indignation that would last through the millennia. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. There's like, uh, there's another video game. I forgot which one, but you, you basically are in um, somewhere in Europe while the SS come interrogating people, and even though it's a game, you get yeah. kind of frozen when you're watching this dude with yeah. the uh, symbol on his, uh, you know, in his armband, and he's questioning. Yeah. Like, he, even in the game, you're like whoa that feels different man you know yeah these uh, there's there's a very simple rule when it comes to um violence and power once you let people know you're prepared to go there and you're not playing everybody backs down you know you the 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 goal unfortunately i can't remember her name the girl who ran the white rose society the fact that there's a german movie made about it she was really bright as well if you want to make yourself cry read the poem that she wrote before she was beheaded. Um, when you when you think that's one of their own in an ethnocentric state, she's 18, she's bright as hell, she could have gone either way. They cut her head off, man. At the end of the day, they chopped her fucking head off her shoulders. And I'm like, okay, that you've told me everything I need to know about this ideology and your level of commitment. I don't think I'd be fucking with you people. Oh man, that's rough. And really most of the people that would possibly make a statement and change, they only get the statues erected after they're long gone. Oh yes. Like, oh yes. Lo- how many of us, how many of us are like, yeah, I'll sign up to be a lost cause hero. I'll sign up for torture, imprisonment, and then eventual death after my spirit is completely broken. So I can get a stupid fucking statue fifty <laughs> years after I'm worm meat. <laughs> I I I fought communism by setting myself on fire and all I got was the stupid statue. <laughs> There's a t-shirt for you kids. Yeah, a t-shirt dude. in every single tentacle quest on podcast there it is. Yeah, man. There's a statue in the middle of Prague from that dude who did set himself on fire in protest, man, and I'm sure yeah. he was I mean he was on fire so he didn't get any recognition till decades after it collapsed, you know? Yes. And yeah, it, it I, did, but yeah, anyways. Well, and this is this is the thing with hindsight. We all look back and go, "Well, we know how the war ended. We know the Nazis lost. So I would have done this." You didn't know, like, until what was it? Like, I think it was 1938. Britain was still negotiating with the Nazis. They were friends with Hitler. They were like going to try and figure out a deal with him. You know, kill kill the French, kill the Poles, kill the Czechs. Just don't kill us. That's that was our policy. So, yeah, yeah, man history so but but yeah to to leave it back on a fairly positive note i think i mean the best route is that passive improvement behind the scenes man i I think that's the most reasonable course of action that i can agree on for now for now for now for now for now i think i think in the not too distant future i would be joining the growing voices to say i think once I get back from America, um, 
once I get back from America because I want to get in, see see my nephews yeah. and get back, then I probably would join that uh, growing chorus of voices and say, okay, we we need we really must all push back on this now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's all about timing, you know. So when when that momentum starts shifting, I definitely won't just like. Maybe maybe I will just fly in my flip ship and go back to my home planet. Maybe not. If I'm stuck here, then I'm stuck here, man. So we'll leave it at that then. All well, right. Should I do the, uh, the, the outro? Do what you got to do, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so very much for spending this time with us. We really enjoy it. We appreciate your time and your attention. And we look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Bye.